Joining us now on Unpacking It is Sean Alexander. He's a former running back who played for the Seattle Seahawks and Washington Redskins. He played college football for the University of Alabama and was drafted by the Seahawks 19th overall in the 2000 NFL Draft. He set numerous NFL and Seattle Seahawks franchise records and was named the NFL MVP in 2005. He was also named to the NFL's 2000 All-Decade Team. More importantly, he's a husband, father, and follower of Jesus. Sean, thanks so much for joining us today on Unpacking It. How are you? Bryce, I'm so, uh, first of all, I'm honored that I'd be uh, invited to your show, but I'm really proud of you, man. Like, uh, just watching your show keep getting bigger and better, man, it's pretty awesome. Man, no, I appreciate that. It's, a, it's an exciting time for, for sure, and uh, man, I've been, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while, so, so excited to have you on the show, and, and we've got to start with what you experienced last weekend, and, and first off, you're, you're a former Alabama running back, and so they won the SEC, but what a crazy game, and, and you were there, and so what was it like watching Georgia have the lead, Tua then gets injured, and then Hurts comes in, and, and he's the hero? Yeah, I mean, you know, you always want your school to win, and, and um, that, but Alabama's got an amazing tradition. Um, the faith of our school is uh, it's just really awesome. And, uh, you know, back in the 60s, uh, Bear Bryant was the head coach. And um, he walked into his uh, his uh, locker room. It's the coaches' meeting. It was just some of the coaches there. One of them was Gene Stallings, who was my coach when I was at Alabama. And he said, he said hey, Beebs, which is Jim's, uh, uh, Gene's nickname, he said, Beebs, the worst thing has happened to my football program. And he said, what is that? He said, the fellowship of Christian athletes. I walk in now, I see these guys praying and hugging on each other and crying. Oh, man, they're making my team soft. Wow. Uh, four months later, they win the national championship. <laughs> Beebs comes walking in. Hey, Beebs, I want to tell you the best thing that's ever happened to my football program, <laughs> the fellowship of Christian athletes. He said, I tell you what, there was times when we should have lost, but these guys would not quit on each other. And uh, he said, you make sure that's always going to be a part. And he has had open door for people truly getting discipled, truly getting mentored um, in their faith, not just being a good football player, but really growing in the ways of the Lord. And um, and it was still there when I got there. You know, recruiting was really simple. Hey, you're going to have every opportunity to be everything you want. You want to be a, uh, a businessman? Here's the business school. You want to be a lawyer? Here's the legal program. If you have people here that will disciple you and walk you through what it's like to walk as a man of God. And... Uh, and it's still going on. And so to see the guy, young men like Tua and Jalen just growing faith, you know, um, could you imagine being SEC player of the year as a freshman, SEC player of the year as a sophomore, and then playing in the national championship game and getting basically benched by a true freshman. Mm. And then you're going into your junior year, and every all they can say is, this other kid, you're all SEC, but this kid's all world. Mm. Um it's a humble pie, mm. but uh, to watch Jalen still say, you know what, there's something bigger than this going on, and I believe it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and and that's what that's what you couldn't help but be proud of just the mature process that uh that he's gone through, you know, and we all get to share with each other all the time. It's like, man, we're all going through this maturation process. We're all trying to be a little more godly, a little more Christ-like every day in our lives, and to watch him stand up and say you know what this really really hurts but i'm still going to go for god it, it was awesome 
Wow. No, what, what a story. Sean Alexander, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And I, I, I'm not necessarily an, an Alabama fan, but I couldn't help but cheer for them last Saturday because that was just a special moment in sports uh, to, to see Hurts come in and have that opportunity to, to be back in the, in the spotlight. But, but at the same time, you know, it's tough to see the starting quarterback go down with an injury with, with Tua having to head to the locker room. And, and, and a video went around with, with you having the chance to pray with Tua. So, so on the flip side, when, you know, when a guy gets injured and ha- has to go out to even open up the opportunity for, for Hertz to be in there, what, what did you take away from, from that side of things as well? Well, you know, football, it's, uh, it's one of those interesting things because you can be worshipped like, like you're God mm. and at the same time know that you're not. And so there's this... There's this battle for all men to want to be praised. So we don't want to say, like, well, I'm never going to be praised. You know, that would be a lie. Mm. But to have it where it becomes bigger than what it needs to be is a dangerous place. And to have it where it becomes uh, your lifeline, why you do things, why you do what you do, those are just dangerous places. And, um, and so I've always challenged people to play the sport, play it well, play it where it um, could uh, deserve uh, um accomplishment you know what i mean and people could say good job and sure you want so you play it that way but at the same time don't let it become why you play mm. and uh and so you know so that's the same thing that we we're walking to or through that we walk Jalen through you know and yeah. uh and to just watch those boys just continue to say you know what this is what i do but it's not who i am it's uh it's a beautiful thing that that's a great perspective sean alexander with us on unpacking it and and Sean, so last weekend as well, uh, it was announced that that your your name will be associated with an award uh, for the outstanding freshman in college football. And so, so take us into how this award came about and and, and what the Sean Alexander Award for Outstanding Freshman will will end up being. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where um, it's quite humbling and it's almost surreal because. Here, the college, the Football Writers Association of America, the FWAA, they uh, they said, you know what, we want to mark college football, and they 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 do the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year, they do the the Gertzky and the Outland Award, which is the best defensive player and the best uh, lineman in the country, and uh, they said, yeah, we want to do something that that it really sparks life to college football, and uh, they got to a conversation about who could we label for the freshman All-American team, that which they also do, that when we say their name, we could think of great talent, but then also label this kid as this is the kid that has character that we want um, other kids to be like. And um, and they and they started throwing around names, and somebody said, man, you remember when Sean Alexander was a freshman at Alabama? He was just dominating that number one defense in the country. Um <laughs> But he was just humble. There was something about him that we all liked. And so they all got around. I was like, let's name it after him. And, uh, and that's what they did. And uh, so that's how I got picked. And, and the Shawnsender Award is going to be really similar. We're looking for the most talented freshman that's full of character, that would be an ambassador to their school and to their university, and that could have the potential to be a legend in the NFL. And wow. uh, we hope that we uh, and we hope that we find a bunch of kids that would one day become the princes of college football, and they would carry that title uh, very well. Man, well, what a what a neat opportunity just to be a part of a, of an award, and and will you get then the opportunity to? 
to interview these guys or, or what's kind of the process for you to kind of get an idea of the, the character of these players that are up for the award? Well, you know, it being the first year is probably going to be the most, um, I would say, loosest yeah. on how we know the background of all the kids because we're putting our teams together even as we speak. But um, from here on, it will be one of those things where, you know, from a junior in high school, we'll, we'll start to build relationships because I believe, you know, of course, being just a man of faith and loving Jesus on my heart, it's the greatest gift I could ever give somebody mm. is to have an opportunity to understand that they were fearfully and wonderfully made by Elohim, the creator God. Um, and because we didn't handle that responsibility well, <laughs> he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. So it's God wrapped in flesh to come and die for our sins. And so that is what that whole process is what true discipleship is, teaching people how to walk out who God really created them to be. And I don't just believe in discipling the person. I want us to disciple the whole family, mm. husbands and wives and children. And so one of the cool things that we'll get to do by um, getting to know these kids as juniors in high school, seniors in high school, um, freshmen, as we'll walk with a lot of them through their whole time. But then even after that is being able to have the opportunity to have my team of of great football players, excellent football players that also love the Lord and let them know, just like at the University of Alabama, there's all Americans that love Jesus that are walking this thing out that could truly, um, as we say, spit the gospel right back to you so that you can know that that's bigger than just uh, playing football. And to be able to have that opportunity with all these young kids, is, it's going to be an amazing thing. Oh, that's awesome. And so when will we hear this year's winner? What, what's the date for that? Uh so January 6th will be um, will be the national championship game, and we will also announce the winner. And so the Football Writers Association, um, they pick the All-American team, and then we pick out a handful of writers that will all be a part of picking out who um, is going to be the winner. And I'm one of those people that get to vote also. So I, it's not fully Sean gets the pick. It's a... <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a full staff of guys that say, yeah, hey, here's the most talented. Here's the character, guys. Um, let's, be, let's be it all. Like, let's not just be good character and you can't tie your shoes. No, we want you to dominate the field but dominate the character. And, uh, and it's going to be pretty awesome to watch these kids grow to be uh, fine men uh, on, on every level, ambassadors to, to more than just uh, their family. The award is called the Sean Alexander Award for Outstanding Freshmen and uh, really thankful to have Sean joining us here on Unpacking It Today. And, and Sean, I'm, I'm just curious, as somebody who, who followed you closely throughout your career, and, and your, your career ended back in 2008, and so I, I know 10 years have, have passed since then, but, but what has retirement been like kind of overall for you? What, what's the experience been like? It's been amazing because, you know, you get to share with a lot of NFL alum about the, uh, the, the wrestle, the war of – of knowing that, you know, since probably eight years old for most kids, they played to like 28. For 20 years of their life, they were playing football and their identity was wrapped in it. And so to know like life can keep on going. I retired at 31, that life is still life and you're still fearfully and wonderfully made, even if you're not playing football, you know? Yeah. So to walk through that, walk through people with marriage, um, you know, of course, even in my own life, you know, my wife was highly amazed that I was around the house all the time, you know, so we had to get, we had, we had to wrestle through that and we're homeschooling our kids and wow. I was like, Ooh, let's do math like this. Let's, let's do, you know, and so, yeah. and so, um, so that whole process was, 
um, amazing and a wonderful joy, but also just it was tough, you know. And so, so to how to press through with with life is one of the things that we get to share. But we didn't realize how many life lessons we learned through those seasons that are good for people that didn't even make the NFL. And so, so, uh, so that's been great. Um, some of y'all know we had three daughters when we played in Seattle and came over to the Redskins. I retired, and we had seven more children. Oh, and so, man. so we are, we're ten, we're ten, ten, we've had 10 kids and, um, uh, and, uh, and it's been, uh, it's been awesome. And everybody's like, 10, oh my goodness, are you done? I was like, well, we was done at one. Well, at least we felt <laughs> overwhelmed at one. You know what I mean? Yeah. We was right. overwhelmed at two. We was overwhelmed at three. And we realized the same answer for each one of those times you're overwhelmed is still the same answer. So, so we just kept on saying, all right, God, whatever you got, we're, we're there. And, wow. uh, and it's been, uh. It's just been an amazing uh, journey of ups and downs and growth and life lessons and thank you, Jesus. And and uh, we've just uh, un- unashamedly said, no matter what, we're going to trust God. We're going to have faith in God. We're going to believe in God. And, uh, and we just keep on going. Man, that's incredible. So I'm, I'm sure you get asked probably every day, but... But how do you do it? What what's the what's the the secret to, to keep going with, with ten kids and managing all that comes with that? Well, you know, of course, of course, a little bit of structure. Yep. Um, a lot of faith. You know, my wife is a superstar, so she's she's the structure queen. You know, mamas sure. have the inner thing to say, "I'm gonna hold this thing down," and so so that's good. But then also letting people know truth. You know, we've always said we're going to always give everybody, whether it's our kids or just family and friends, we're going to try to give truth with love. And so you're never going to feel like you, our life's about rules. It's always going to be about, about relationship, relationship with Jesus, relationship with each other. But it's going to be truthful. It's going to be honest. And we will say, hey, you know what? We don't like doing this. Can you fix this? You know, can you do that? And so even with our kids, it's always been the same, like structure, truth, and love. And then we're going to, we've chosen to, to usher the fruits of the spirit in. Mm. And, um, and so if we're going to say joy is going to be in our house, we have to decide that we're going to be joyful people and that's thankfulness. And, uh, and that doesn't start with just trying to be joyful. That starts with having a true belief that God is enough. Mm. And, um, and when you do that and, um, you, you set the stage to be joyful and it's the same with peace and it's the same with patience and kindness and gentleness and, and uh, faithfulness and self-control. All those things start with knowing that God is enough. Wow. Man, no, what, that's so inspiring to hear. And, and so, uh, of course, managing 10 kids and loving each of them well is, is, is crucial. But, but also, I, I know just in, in marriage and family and life, the, the, uh, the wife is so important at, just from your relationship with her to keep everything else going. So, so how have you navigated that, that challenge with, with having 10 kids but, but keeping your wife and, and you strong and solid and, and being the leaders of the family? Well, I think that it's, it's uh, one, being patient, patient with each other. Of course, I don't always have it figured out. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I don't and sometimes I do, but then also knowing that she doesn't either. So we already, we already defunct this thing that, number one, you have to be perfect. Number two, that it's the spouse's job to satisfy each other. Mm. That's just not true. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, once again, that's God. God's like, I'll take that bill. That's Great, right. God, you do that. And so when you have those things, you can be um, gentle and loving when somebody's in their weakness, but you don't have to try to fix it, and you definitely don't have to try to stop it. You know what I mean? So yep. if my wife's in her flesh, I can say, oh, you know what? I get this. I know where you're at. Okay, cool. Hey, I love you. 
I'm going to carry on loving Jesus. How can I help you? But there is no, you're going to be the whipping post to make me feel better. Nope. You take that to Jesus. Oh, well, it's your job to make me feel better. Nope. You take that to Jesus. We're going to walk towards Jesus together. And, uh, and that's the kind of posture that you take. And uh, once again, so, but just like the fruits of the Spirit, um, I always tell all the fathers, it's your job. You bring that, you bring that presence in, mm. um, not to make them feel good, but to understand that God is enough and that, and that we're going to lean towards God and not just be good at following rules or trying to create behavior modification. It's going to be, um, it's going to be all drenched in truth. And um, I try to explain this to everybody all the time. The true definition of love is a choice to have strong devotion and strong desire wrapped in truth. Mm. And so you need those four things all the time. You need truth. You need choice, desire, devotion, and truth. And, um, and what happens is, is as you get older, you gain more truth with this person. Hey, I love you. I'm devoted to you. I desire to you. And then you're like, Ooh, you're kind of crazy. Truth. <laughs> okay. I've got to go back and make this choice again. I'm going to still choose, even though I know there's more truth of you, I'm going to still choose to desire you and be devoted to you. And then as you keep on going, you'll realize something else. They're even more crazier. <laughs> you know That's what right. I mean? That's right. And yeah. as you, and as you keep on going, they'll realize the same thing about you. Oh, this person's crazy. Yep, <laughs> sure is. Need a savior. Yep. But guess what? We're gonna, I'm going to choose you and be devoted to you and desire to you. And, and the thing is, is the more truth you can give to somebody, you can actually step into what everybody really desires, unconditional love. It's mm. what everybody desires. Amen. And so as a person just says, oh, man, I am so loved so well. My wife says to everybody, don't you really want to be loved? Don't you want to be known? Like when you give yourself a chance to be known, you give yourself a chance to be loved. Yep. And, um, and we live in a society where everybody's always trying to hide. Wow. And so when you're trying to hide, you don't really give your chance to be loved. And so what happens is everybody's lonely. And so mm. it feeds itself. I'm going to hide out so I don't get known. And then uh, hopefully people won't think of me badly, but then you're mad at them because they don't really love you and know you completely. Um, it's just a it's just a bad cycle, but that's what Satan does. He gets oh, yeah. you to try to behavior modify and perform instead of being real and honest and upfront and be known so you can be loved. And Jesus did it better than anybody else. He fully knows all of us, from the greatest things we do to the secret dirty sins that we know we don't even like about our own selves. And he says, Yeah, I know that's there. And I still die on the cross for your sins. I still love you. Um, it's the greatest love that there is. And I always try to challenge people to at least get one, maybe two people that could fully know you and still unconditionally love you. Wow. It's powerful stuff. He's Sean Alexander, former NFL running back, former NFL MVP, played his college football at, at Alabama. And, and man, we, we, could, we could go down that path a, a lot more because that, that's a, such a deep and important topic to discuss. But, but along with that, you, you did write a book called the walk, clear direction and, and spiritual power for your life. And, and you talked about how, how standing still is not an option in your relationship with God. And so what was the, the message you wanted people to hear as you were writing that book and, and sharing your heart on, on paper? You know, there was two things going on in that time. I had just retired and, um, and I was praying about, should I come out of retirement or should I not? The Redskins were offering again. There were some teams that were kind of calling. And um, and I was just asking God what to do. And, and I felt like I, w- I would go into my bathroom and I'd pray. And I was going to the steps of our bathtub. 
and I was just sitting there just praying. I felt like God was just coming and meeting me on these steps. And I saw these five steps, and he was coming and sitting on them. And he said, Sean, everybody's on one of these five steps. And it was almost like he was just writing where they were, and the lowest step was unbeliever. Mm. That means they just don't know God. They're, they're wandering or they're wandering. They're wandering like a, like a feather floating in the air. They're just wandering or where the wind takes them. Let's go. Or they're wandering like, ah, something's not right. I wonder what it is. And those are the people you see, they go work out harder. They go, they go, they go train harder. They, they go do more things. Maybe I'll go serve. A lot of times people are wondering what to do with themselves. And really it's because they're not believing. And mm. so believing is a strong thing. Um, but this is where unbelievers are. Well, that second step was believer. And just the bare bottom line is this. You believe that Jesus Christ is God wrapped in flesh, um, that he came on this earth to be the answer for our sins. And he died and then conquered death three days later and rising from the grave. And, and, um, and that's what you believe. You believe he came from a virgin named Mary, you know, and, and uh, you, when you have these simple beliefs, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm going to follow these things. And that's what a believer is. And a lot of times people make it so complicated. They make it how many church services you go to, how many, how many times you don't do this, how much things you turn down, all the good things compared to the bad things. And God's like, I need just simple believers. I'll walk you through everything else, which takes you to the third step, which was an example. An example is a person that doesn't have to say anything. You can just watch their life, and you can tell what they believe. Mm. And that's what an example is. And God's just trying to find some examples. He's trying to find some labors for the kingdom. Man, they just, they're taking care of business for the kingdom all the time. And which takes you to the fourth step, which is a teacher. A teacher is not a pastor. A teacher is one that can explain why they live the way they live. And so what we have is we have a lot of times people trying to teach people mm. without being examples. And it creates this huge hole in everybody that they're touching and everything that they're doing. Because the whole is being an example for Christ. And I'm not saying that you've got to be an example, a perfect example to teach, but you should be an example. That's what the difference is from being blameless and sinless. God says, my children are blameless. And that means that you're an example of Christ. Mm. Sinless means you're perfect. Well, Jesus can do that. And so you have the bottom floor is, uh, is unbeliever. The next step was believer. The third step is example. The fourth step is teacher. The fifth step was imparter. Hmm. And a parter is one that can usher in God's presence into a situation. And, uh, and it was, it's amazing because, you know, I've been in places with, with singers that, that they sing and all of a sudden people start weeping and you're like, oh man, that's something on them. And that's the Holy spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen people and I, you know, it's one of those things like I, I ain't walking around just praying for everybody and seeing broken bones healed, but I have seen it happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. and so, and so you step into places where it's just bigger than you. And I'm not, and I don't want to condone, um, people being foolish with the presence of God rolling around and barking. And I've seen all that too. And I'm like, mm, that's too much, but it's the same as somebody reading the word and talking to people about God and the love of the God is speaking in King James language. And then a bum on the street can walk by them and they'll cross the street because they don't want that person to, they're scared to connect with that person. Mm. I feel like those two things are the same thing. The person that Bible thumps, but won't get down and dirty with the homeless as well as the person that's saying that they're speaking in tongues but actually, but actually has all kind of sin in their life. They're both evilly, evilly, equally evil in God's eyes. Mm. And so, so with that, um, and so with that, God had me write this book, breaking those things down, explaining what's it, what's it like for 
any one of those five stages, unbeliever, believer, example, teacher, or imparter, what's it look like to go through a trial at those steps? What's it look like to be in Satan's trap in those steps? And what does victory look like when you're on those steps? And so that was all part of part one. But then part two is the more you're around me, you'll know that my heart is to disciple. I, I want to be a disciple that makes disciples. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so, so part of that was me taking um, some of the young men that I have mentored um, through the years uh, and to some of my disciples through the years and take them on some adventure with me. And we went to nine different cities. We call it the nine city journey. And, um, and we just watched God move. We saw thousands of people give their life to Christ and open confessions. And I don't know if I always like doing that because I feel like discipleship could, should come with it along with baptism. But, uh, but we did do that. And then also there was, um, there was also uh, a season of, of just supernatural prophetic things happening with young men that had never moved in the spirit like that before. And so it was really, really cool to just kind of watch guys be like, man, I'm having these ideas about this guy and I'm telling them and they're all true. Oh yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's not for us. That's not for the one who's given it. It's actually for the body. That's what prophecy is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so, um, so the walk is, is explaining those two stories going on at the same time. And, uh, and God just, he just truly blessed me when I, when I was writing it because I weeped all through editing it and people have read it that know me and they've, they've weeped because we knew God was on that book. And, and, uh, and that book is still sells you know, and people yeah. read it and they're just like, Oh man, I've never thought of life like this. And they, and, it, and it's cool to see people just continue to grow and go for God in that kind of way. Check out SeanAlexander.com. The book is called the walk. And, and I know you got to get going, Sean, but, but kind of last thing, as you look toward 2019, what are you most excited about or what, what are some things on the, uh, on the radar for next year? Uh, you know, I, I am excited about the Sean Alexander Award. I'm, I'm real excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about um, this thing that my wife and I have been working on called Amazing Grace Families. And, um, and it's really just um, showing some people the insides of our life and how we have walked through training nine kids to love the Lord and also having my uh, my uh, um, awesome but God drenched busy schedule with college football and pro football and and uh, and being ambassadors to both the Seahawks and the University of Alabama and um, but God has given us some just little insights that could be helpful for people to be better husbands, be better wives, be better uh, better parents, um, but even more better uh, better with their own relationship with Jesus. Mm. Amen. Well, that's that's plenty to be excited about. And, and man, really just appreciate you coming on, sharing your heart today. Have a wonderful Christmas with the 10 kids and and enjoy that. Soak it in. And uh, would love to talk with you again, but excited for you and the award, the Sean Alexander Award. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time today. Hey, bless you, Bryce. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds great. There's Sean Alexander joining us here on Unpacking It.